Hello and welcome to Motormouth Munda. It's been a watershed week for me because I made a decision that will challenge me in the next few weeks. As you know, I'll be in India to cover South Africa's test tour and I've decided to become vegetarian for the seven weeks of my stay. Let me clarify that this is neither a moral decision nor a health decision. I am a real South African girl who loves meat in all its forms. Thick, juicy steaks, bourrevos on the braai, or cured charcuterie. I'll eat them all. I don't think it's any more immoral to eat animals raised for slaughter than it is to eat plants which someone else has had to pick. A few weeks ago, I told you the story of the Eid sacrifice, which I've been part of for many years, and which I have no problem witnessing and participating in. Of course, in India, they don't always feel the same way about animal consumption, and there is currently a beef ban in the north of the country, but that's not the reason for my decision either. There will be ample amounts of chicken, goat and seafood, and I'm not afraid of getting a stomach bug. But I just want to try something different. Vegetarian cuisine is varied and exotic in India, and contains many dishes I would never have tasted or even heard of before, and I know I won't try them unless I have a good reason to. I want to explore the culture in a deeper way than I have before. I want to give my palate a new experience. And I want to see if eating vegetarian food makes any difference to the way I look and feel. But I'm issuing my disclaimer up front. If there's a nice-looking kebab which calls my name, I'm not going to resist. Anyway, this whole thing got me thinking about the debate over animals, and not only whether we should use them as food, but whether they should provide us with entertainment. And it took me back to our time in Sevilla, where one of the things we did was go to a bullfight. Before you react with shock and horror, listen to my story and then make your judgment. Bullfighting was born in Spain's south, where it remains a revered practice even though it is banned elsewhere in the country, like Catalonia and the Canary Islands. It was a sport of the rich, who could afford to raise the bulls and use them for entertainment and could show off their bravado by fighting them. Modern bullfighting is the product of Juan Belmonte, the Spanish matador who pioneered the style of flirting with the bull, flicking the cape close to him and daring him to do more. I learned a bit about Belmonte on a tour of Triana, the neighborhood where bullfighting and flamenco have their roots. He was, uh, he was actually born in Seville but raised in Triana. He had to work with his father like every day, waking up at 5 a.m., just having a small shop in the market. He only went to school for four years, but he loved reading, so he tried to learn by himself. He ended up even speaking English and other languages like French or Italian because he loved the intellectuals from his period, the 19th century, and he ended up being a friend of Ernest Hemingway. So he must be an important, I mean, just a, a smart guy, I think. And he had a very interesting view also about bullfighting. I've read his biography because I, I wanted to understand him better, you know, because it's, if you don't like something, it's, it's more interesting to, to get to know why people like it. And, and well, he had a very strong relation with, with bulls, and he feels like it was for him something that came from deeper inside, like a very strong passion and not a cruelty thing for him. So 
not maybe only for the for the things that some others do, like being famous or becoming rich, but he started doing it as a, as a little boy because also with all the food and things that came from that area, from Seville to the city, also the bulls that live in that farms and fields around the city had to wait here before the day before of the bull fighting because you can see there is the bull ring over there. So here they will put like uh, like fences, okay, wooden fences, wooden structures to have the bulls waiting all night long till the next day so they could go directly to the bull ring. What happened during the night? Nobody was controlling that and the little boys from the neighborhood came here and practiced with the bulls. So he just started as a, as a game with his friends And he didn't want to be professional, but like life took him there because he was a very good uh, bullfighter. He had a special way to do it, of course. That's why his style was so famous and he became so famous. And there was another one that had a very different style at the same time, another bullfighter. And it was like now being from a soccer team or the other. That right there was, right then was like, do you like Belmonte or do you like Jose Little Guy? Today's bullfighters try to emulate Belmonte's theatrics, and a corrida is essentially a stage show made up of four parts. It begins with the fighters marching out to a brass band, so the audience can get to know them and admire the outfits. Bullfighters' clothes remind me of saris. They are extravagant and ostentatious, bold in color, heavily patterned and streaked with gold. They are heavy and difficult to move around in, but somehow the bullfighter manages. Once the parade is over, the first fighter takes center stage. Within a few seconds, the bull is released. At first sight, it will make you gasp. These are not the kind of bulls you would see grazing on grass as you drive through the countryside. These are athletes. They are mean and muscular, and they come out with blood on the brain. As you heard from the Triana tour guide, the bulls are kept overnight, sometimes for two or three nights, in cages in preparation for the fight, and the frustration of being in a closed space spills out onto the ring as soon as the bull enters it. Then the dance begins. The opening encounters are actually quite beautiful, as the bull moves in time with the cape. There is no violence in these few minutes, as the fighter susses out the bull's strength, gauges if he is a good fighter, and whether he is right or left horned. If this was all there was to a bullfight, I have no doubt there would be far fewer issues with it as a sport. It's obviously impossible to know if the bull is having fun, but at this stage, it's all just a game. A trumpet sounds to indicate when the stage is over, and the next one can begin. That's when the picadors arrive. These are men on horseback whose job it is to stab the bull in the sides to weaken it. The bull bleeds, and this is where it becomes an unfair fight. The matador has assistance from other men, but the bull has none. When the picadors have done their job, the trumpet sounds again and the banderillos enter. There are three of them, and they insert wooden battens with a blade on the end into the bull's skin. It's hard to tell, but the bull can appear to be in pain at this point. The final trumpet is blown when the bull has been worn out, the matador has had enough time to assess him, and the last rites are to be performed. The bullfighter has 15 minutes to kill the bull. His sword accompanies him and he uses the cape to lure the bull into position. Sometimes there's music 
and the band is astute enough to pick up on the rhythms of the fight. They soften their sounds when it gets tense and speed up as the action springs to life. In theory, the killing should be clinical and quick. The sword must pierce the bull at the nape of the neck and go through to the aorta. He should fall over and die within a few seconds. The sight of an animal of close to a thousand kilograms keeling over can be quite shocking, and I was stunned at the first one, but only for as long as it took for the corpse to be removed. The crowd will judge the quality of the fight by waving handkerchiefs towards the president, who will decide what type of trophy the matador receives. He will get one ear for a good fight, two for a very good fight, and the tail for an exceptional fight. Like any sport, there are exceptions to these rules. If the bull has been particularly brave, the crowd can petition for his life to be spared, and the president can decide to send the bull into a luxurious retirement. Or the bull could be too strong for the matador and gore him to death, in which case it's quite clear who's won. Then all of this happens again with a different bullfighter. The corrida we went to consisted of three matadors who fought two bulls each, so there were six fights in total. And to be honest, that was a bit much, especially as the fighters were juniors and their skills a little clumsy. One of them needed several stabs before he finished off the bull, which got quite awkward, and another lost a shoe as the bull almost upended him. The crowd seemed to enjoy that and grew animated as the fighter yelled at the bull and tried to provoke him. As for the dead bulls, like anything, if you see enough of it, you become desensitized. After the first one, I was no longer shocked. But then again, I have seen a lot of slaughtering at Eads. I even had enough of an appetite to get a big supper afterwards. So, after all that, you might have a couple of questions. Do I support bullfighting? I don't know. But I also don't think it's my place to tell other people whether they should or shouldn't. And from what I saw, there are many people in Spain who enjoy it. Would I go to another bullfight? I can't say I'd jump at the chance. But if offered, I probably won't turn it down. Was I horrified by what I saw? Not really. And am I still going vegetarian for seven weeks? Absolutely. I've got two more weeks before I head off, so in that time I'll be eating as much meat as I can, and then embark on a journey of discovery. I'll chat to you until then and all through that period. Until the next podcast, it's goodbye. <laughs>